0: Welcome back, everyone, once again to a special Thanksgiving week installment of Screenplay Rewind. I'm Jeff. I'm Ron. Isn't it as like fucking nuts that it's Thanksgiving, by the way? Right. I I, I know that's such. I feel like that's <laughs> such a cliche fucking rote thing for humans to say. Boy, this year went faster than the last one. Isn't it crazy how fa- yeah, like time fucking goes by when you're focused on you know bullshit <laughs> and then just and then yeah yeah the year will by fast. It's like yeah. It's what happens every year question mark why do we even talk about <laughs> it I don't, I don't know it's like uh the fucking assholes, uh it, it, when you're like in a customer service role and, and it's like you know just December 31st and they say like see you next year I'm like I'm gonna fucking kill you
1: oh God dude <laughs> working at the theater ugh Ugh. Isn't humanity just the fucking worse? Oh, uh, let me tell you all about it on this soapbox we have called a podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah. My, my IRL grievance for the week is humans. <laughs> uh, but yeah, another, another fucking grievance I have. Oh, here uh, we
1: go. Here we what go. grinds Jeff's gears? You know what
0: really grinds my <laughs> geese? <laughs> no. So, recently finished an audiobook. Oh, this this uh, one that Ron has been trying to get me to finish for two years now, uh, Project Tail Mary, which is a fucking amazing book and amazing audiobook. Oh, so uh, good from the Martian uh, writer.
1: Do you see what it, i was talking about now? Last I heard, Ryan Gosling was attached to that to be the main guy.
0: That's perfect, right? It's perfect, and uh, I'm fascinated to see how they go about constructing that into a movie because it takes place like in like a non-linear way. My guess a- is it won't be as
1: strong, but depending on who they get behind it, it could still be really good.
0: I think it was uh, Lord and Miller that were making well. Shit, it right. there
1: you go. It's perfect. Yeah, who are
0: perfect for like that level of that like t- type of comedy. I think they're really good fits for that. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see how they make it work because it is it is a very different type of like structure than The Martian. Uh, but man, is it good. But yeah. Man, I never appreciated the people that make audiobooks enough until you tried to fucking make an audiobook and realized it's the most difficult fucking thing in the universe, man. Like, whatever they get paid, it's not enough. It's not enough. It's not nearly enough. Because like people don't really, really think about like so some people would have an issue even sitting down like record a podcast, right? Because it's you know, we but did. But then like yeah, we, yeah, like like you and me, we we've talked about it. We we struggled in the beginning because it's just not something you're used to if you're not used to you know putting yourself out there but when you're fucking sitting down to record an audiobook you're like you're your own manager you know like you have to figure out how long of like a take you can do how long before you're running out of gas because you know like when you and i are having a conversation when the other person's talking
1: well better be hitting the-, the old dusty trail
0: <laughs> well that <laughs> but you know there's organic moments to like take a break and it just it's you know if flows more naturally but we we're fucking recording an audiobook it's fucking hard dude yeah i, I found that out trying to make the, the i'm still trying to make the audiobook thing for this podcast but good god is it difficult well, my my story is only like probably like a 15 page story you know it's a short story yeah. but that ends up being you know like 15 20 minutes of recorded material but just because the way it, you know it's elongated when you turn something into an audio form from the, directly from the page you know like yeah. some of those fucking audiobooks like can you imagine sitting down after being hired to record like a solo 30-hour audiobook like that oh, is man. fucking daunting
1: yeah uh, it's
0: uh yeah it's when, just wild
1: when you're doing it on your own like you are too you're you're your own producer your own voice director your own editor like i cannot
0: imagine dude and i'm very hypercritical of myself too so i'm like well that's shit delete <laughs> this is also shit delete. So yeah, it's a work of progress. I'm trying. Uh but man. I just wanted to put that out there. Cause like I think the people who narrate audiobooks are the most like underrated people working in fiction. I really do. Uh because like especially when they're great, like Ray Porter, who is the uh part of part of the reason I wanted to bring this up too is because of because of finishing that audiobook for Project Hail Mary. Ray Porter is fucking amazing in that. Yeah. He's like perfectly portraying the characters like distinctly you always know who is talking uh you know and some of the ones are you know like distinctive because they have like you know like, some type of special effect or you know going or something like that like they do in that story you know like there's going to be like sometimes a like a, something happening at post but for the most part it's just him changing his voice to you know like be a different character and that shit is just like they're crazy talented and don't get enough respect in the in, the, in like the kind of fiction communities to me.
1: Yeah. There's a, the thing that always drives me nuts is when there's a female character and it's a guy narrating and they have to change their voice like this to demonstrate yeah. that it's a woman talking. Oh, that I'm instantly out. I cannot, yeah. I barely get through the Jurassic park audiobook because anytime Ellie talks, that's what I get to hear oh that's rough
0: i Um, I like uh, i like i like the way that ray porter actually approached it in project Tail mary because he does change his voice but it isn't like distracting you can
1: Uh, hear that it's still a man but you know it's supposed to be a woman like it's a very slight higher pitch change but it's not a stereotype like yeah it's not not a cartoon (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly um that's the way a couple of people i listen to do it um there's a series that I listen to that has several female characters, and the guy doing that has several different voices for that. And but you can always tell that it's him, and you always know which woman is talking, even when they're in a room together. It's insane. I don't understand how it works.
0: Yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, like it, and I, it it sucks because. I have a feeling like, and it, it, you know, it's probably like fairly public knowledge that they're, they're not paid the equivalent of, you know, like other fields in fiction, but like, uh they need to go on strike, man. Like they need to be paid for <laughs> because that shit's fucking hard. Like well,
1: it, I told you one of them I listened to is a member of SAG-AFTRA. So he did yeah.
0: probably. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Like Ray Porter, like Ray Porter, uh, voiced, uh, Dark Side in the most recent DC movies. Oh Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he he should. I'm assuming he's uh, part of the the guild too. If he was in like Justice League, even if it was like a uh, at the time like a small role, not many like not been, of screen
1: time. But I've been meaning to look up Ray Porter some more because I told you I found a an entire new uh, mech series that I was listening to because I searched for the narrator of the other series. Yeah. Um Ray Porter. He I found another series that I dropped off of. I, I didn't care for the series, but it turns out it was Ray Porter narrating it and he was real fucking good in it too. Yeah, and this he's doing is awesome. different doing different accents and things also, but like not in an in an insulting or racist way. Like it yeah. sounded legit. Uh I that's, yeah,
0: that's a fucking that's a hot like a high wire to walk, <laughs>
1: you know? Oh yeah. So I um I instantly, uh, it's called, uh, Columbus Day Expeditionary Forces, book one, but mm-hmm. we got, we got attacked by aliens on Columbus Day. Um, which that's, there's an irony. Yeah. 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 Uh, but anyways, yeah, he, um, uh, he does some of those and I ended up falling, falling off
0: of it, but man, he's really good. Uh, so yeah, that was my IRL grievance: is pay audiobook narrators more, please? They fucking deserve it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Oh um, and uh, I think you had something that you wanted to kind of relay into. Did you also have any type of grievances to air no, out?
1: No, nothing like that. Um, I I when we when we started uh getting ready to talk about the movie, I wanted to talk about some more uh casting choices, like we usually uh fall into a little fan casting.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Uh, would you like to hit up our responses before we actually hop in anything related to the movie? Yes, uh,
1: with the YouTube responses. Um, way too many podcasts. That's your new podcast name, according to Bobby on YouTube. Sounds legit. Uh, posted on underwater. Yes, yes, I, I, I agree. And then he had a second one. Uh, there needs to be a hashtag for this episode of the podcast. Hashtag Control-Alt-Delete-Cthulhu, which, if I recall, is uh, something that we came up with in
0: conversation. Like, uh, Was it pillows or a t-shirt or something? Control-Alt-Delete-Cthulhu? Dude, I, re- dude, I, I, I need Control-Alt-Delete-Cthulhu on a fucking t-shirt like now. <laughs> I uh,
1: th- Oh, that's that's how you said that she killed him, right? Is that what it was? control leak to the
0: I think. Yeah, I was thinking it was because at the ending of the movie, she's able to like <laughs> like overheat the nuclear reactor thing. A uh, lot of energy with nowhere to go, w- uh, like more easily than you can. Set you know sign into one on, password. Like, like it takes longer <laughs> to figure out how my Windows sound settings works than she did to oh, like override the heating system of the nuclear reactor and blow up a fucking old one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, and I think yeah, I think we just kind of segue quite into control alt delete Cthulhu. Yeah,
1: um uh, oh, Which I still want on like a T-shirt or something, but no yeah. explanation. No, no. It could even be a different Cthulhu from the movie i don't give a shit yeah i i need it but if we if we had t-shirts on this show i think that would be
0: one we would have to get designed yeah uh let's it would be that and the gymnastically murdered velociraptors uh, also needs to be on one
1: A velociraptor and a leotard god damn right (laughs) (laughs)
0: rest in peace (laughs) (laughs) oh man Uh, Uh, and thanks thanks as always for writing in bobby we love you yes Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I know we kind of like earlier gloss mentioned... Over <laughs> we gloss over it being Thanksgiving, but happy Thanksgiving, everybody, uh, in whichever way you celebrate. Yeah, uh, just, that's uh, yeah.
1: that's tomorrow for us in real life. If I had realized that, I would have mentioned it on the last episode, but I did not realize the calendar.
0: Yeah. I sit well, in like-
1: front of a computer, which is a giant timekeeping device, technically, and did not realize the date when we recorded that. So, yeah, happy past Thanksgiving or whatever you celebrate
0: if you celebrate yeah at the very least maybe you got off work and that's pretty dope right
1: or time and a half like i did
0: used to yeah i i am off work for a four-day weekend plan to do not much but sleep in uh watch some football games tomorrow can't wait to watch bobby's team totally decimate my team on thanksgiving (laughs) that's a great fucking thing i'm thankful for so that's awesome (laughs) nice Uh, yeah that's gonna be fun
1: yeah, apparently apparently you're coming over. I found that out.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, we I like how we had basically set that in stone. You're like what what what? <laughs> I I found the
1: stone. I just didn't turn it over to see the engraving. <laughs> uh, I come I bring you 15 10 commandments.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh man. Uh Speaking of religion, uh, do you want to talk about <laughs> the witch? <laughs> that's a that's segway, a segue, segue, segue. It's probably the most subtle segue <laughs> I could come up with. So you're, you're welcome, America. Oh, that was good. <laughs> that was good. Well, uh, yeah. So spoilers for uh, the witch. I think this is also the first time we have had a director's entire catalog encapsulated in the time oh, hey, capsule that, that is screenplay rewind because you know it is a filmmaker that I absolutely love if we have only done uh let's see what is this like 85 episodes so if we've only done 85 episodes and I've already co- like covered your three movies because you know because like, we split the selections so like that's a decent percentage of my selections being his stuff so you know how much I love Eggers so
1: yeah I'm I found myself having an issue where I keep conflating Eggers and Astor's movies together because they have a very similar style to them. yet Also very distinct at the same time. And I I find myself attributing some movies to Ari Aster and some to Robert Eggers.
0: And what's also crazy is just how good they are on how few movies are in their library. I mean,
1: I I've listened to Ari Aster on a podcast. I know from what I've listened to, he at least would not be insulted by that. Probably.
0: I imagine Eggers probably wouldn't be either. Um, Uh, uh, But it's just like, do they fucking hit the ground running with their movies? Like, Oh man, there's no time wasted. The the first movie you do, usually people want kind of like a layup to get their feet wet in the industry. And your first movie idea is to follow this super, super intense family in 1620-whatever New England with (laughs) modern uh, accents and... uh, for the time, you know, like, what is it? Like, uh, Old English, pretty much. Like, uh, he he wrote the dialogue based on manuscripts of people's journals in this time. Yeah. So the language would match. That's your first movie? That's your you're first fucking movie. Ins- and you're fucking you're, you're nuts. Uh, and he fucking pulled it off. <laughs> and you want to talk, that's your first movie? How about Anya Taylor Joy? Yeah, she's. Dude, the, the acting in this movie. Oh my God. Is fucking mesmerized. Dude, can you imagine? So. It would be hard enough to act, period, in any situation. <laughs> especially you in have, a period. You, Yeah, I see what you did there. 1630. To, to, to try to deliver this type of dialogue organically and the way that they all fucking pull it off is stunning. Uh, but yeah, what, what was your uh, tidbit that you want to talk about with the casting? Uh, let's, let's jump there first before we forget.
1: So I was thinking about it,
0: especially with the voice.
1: You and I have talked about before... About our perfect Bloodborne adaptation.
0: Ooh, right. I like where this is going.
1: And I, my vote was for Sam Neill as uh, 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 uh Gehrman. Gehrman. yes. Tonight, German joins the hunt. Tonight, Sam Neill joins the hunt. Um, that was my vote. How would you
0: feel about Ralph Enison for Gascoin? Oh, that's good. His voice <laughs> for that. Can we talk about how he sawed over the shop? Ralph Innocent has the coolest voice of all time. I've, I've talked oh, about I that. I swear to God, dude, his voice like defies human nature. How would it, <laughs> ha, How does a voice like that come out of a person? I don't understand, dude. Like, yeah, Re- please, they, Father, read me thine phone book. <laughs> like, <laughs> they have the vo- uh, spoilers. They they have the voice of like a supernatural creature at the end of the ending of the movie, which sounds more natural than Ralph Innocent's real life voice. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, there was that, right? Oh, but but a uh, 10,000% like make the project just to have Ralph Innocent be yeah, Gascoigne, because like, that's an awesome pick.
1: I don't care if it's live action, animated, movie, or series. I want Sam Neill as Garman, and Innocent for Gascoigne, right? Good old Papa yeah. G. Papa, Papa Innocent. Um, well,
0: we need a, a s- side note. Uh, we need to have our boy the man the myth the legend willem defoe play oh god uh uh-huh. What what's the what's the crazy dude oh god which one uh M- Mikolash? could you imagine oh, willem Dafoe oh, as Mikalash? Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, oh i'm gonna start writing this shit down I, 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 actually dude if you if you tell me the live action bloodborne movie is written and directed by robert eggers i will probably die <laughs> uh, I, I will have an experience like the little kid in this movie <laughs> and then fucking die. <laughs> oh, my God. I will have a religious out-of-body experience and then just cease to exist. Y- you know how the I game is... To- sorry.
1: Uh, You know how the game is split basically into two parts? It's like... Uh, it's basically... God, my Bloodborne knowledge is fading fast. Um... I, I need insight, Jeff. Give me eyes uh, on the inside. The, the 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 two factions. No, it's divided into two halves, right? Basically, before and after fucking. Um, uh, uh, uh oh, god, she's a giant deer monster. You break her knees. Uh, oh god,
0: I, I could have told you until you asked me. Right, dude. Uh god. Oh, fucking hell, I cannot Lord. believe. I'll, I'll you you keep talking. I'll, I'll figure. It. I'll find the list. So you so, keep going. So what if
1: the beginning of the game the first half of the game you find out is written and directed by robert eggers and the second half of the game is adapted uh by ari aster oh my goodness uh, vicar <laughs> amelia yes vicar amelia yeah. god
0: damn i cannot believe
1: we gotta play some bloodborne man we gotta play Wait. some
0: bloodborne god yeah, thinking of what an Eggers or Aster, like, Bloodborne thing would look like. Is this, like... I I think if I had to pick one, I would pick uh, Eggers. I agree. Because, because just, like, the level of obtuseness to it... That's that why I, I put think him, him in the first
1: half. Because in the first half of the game, if it's your first time playing, you don't know any of the lore, you find yourself walking around like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, you know, and, like, Eggers excels at that. And then, um... When I think Ari Aster, like, I think things start ramping up pretty quick and things kind of people start, start getting losing in their, their heads it's th- awesome. yeah <laughs> things start coming at you and that's what the back half of the game is like it's out in the open now so shit's going to start coming at you man D- can you imagine Ugh. jesus christ but uh so i had i had one other thing that i thought of and i swear to sh- i swear to whoever i i swear to uh fucking Uh, What was it? Black Phillip? I swear to Black Phillip (laughs) that I thought of this. You signed the book. (laughs) I I thought of this before I saw Ralph Ennison pick up the axe. But what would you think of current Kratos played by
0: Ralph Ennison? Oh, that's good. Uh, I'd almost... Oh, he he should play Balder. Uh, Could you imagine him as like the villain? Right. In that type of setting? Uh, That'd be pretty good. Pretty good my th- my thinking
1: was he could he's still built in a way that he could stuff me in my locker and take my lunch money right despite the fact that he's in his 50s the current games are about an older kratos looking back on his life right mm-hmm. yeah and like he's still really ripped but he doesn't have to be the fucking rock because his powers are supernatural
0: so yeah and, yeah and he can be bigger because so he's pretty jacked in this movie he specifically lost 30 pounds for this role to look more like gaunt for the yeah for the fact that they're starving so so if he's actually just like full blown you know bulking up he could probably get you know pretty pretty big dude just imagine Ralph venison yelling boy yeah he has the voice and that's the part of the thing about Kratos is like you need that he's got that the that facial commanding. expressions
1: too his eyes. Mm-hmm. Like the way that uh, the way that he can really sell a moment in this movie with his just his eyes alone, uh, is yeah. would yeah, be pretty yeah. important for
0: Kratos or Baldur. You need you need the you need the you need a voice that can like really command the presence of you know this this is a god you know yeah and and his his voice sounds so fucking unnatural that I would <laughs> believe that he's a god.
1: <laughs> like you can adapt, um, Kratos in a way kind of however you want because like you just said, he's a god. Are you gonna argue with me about what a god does or does not look like, or um, where, like, if he's too small to be as strong as he is, or whatever? He's a
0: fucking god. Like, it's like a, there it's is like no Lo- it's like Loki. it. It's like Loki. You know, like yeah. Loki's a god, but he's not. You know, him's size. They're gods. It doesn't matter. You, you yeah. Know?
1: So yeah, I don't know. That was a thought that I had, and then I sort of got like ten minutes later, he picks up an axe, and picks I was like, "Well, the there axe. we go." Okay, <laughs>
0: yeah. he's, he's got a good beard for it too. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I like it. I like it. Uh, but him as coin is, like, fucking perfection. And right? Be son over the shot. I still seriously doubt that that project ever actually happens, the live-action Bloodborne stuff that's been talked about. But if it happened and if it was done by Robert Eggers and had some of his, like, typical group of actors going, like, it, it could be interesting. Uh, I, I think only someone who has, like, such uniqueness to him as, like, Eggers does, between, like, think of the tone of The Witch versus The Lighthouse as your two first movies. That's fucking bonkers, man. Uh, So uh, we've talked about it previously, but for those unaware, uh, this was written and directed by Robert Eggers. This was his... He had written uh, and directed, I think, a couple of shorts prior to this, but this was his first feature-length movie, which, as a first movie, is astounding. Like, uh, you think about, like... the 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 first films released kind of over the last few years between between him and ari aster and just how good they were from day one is mind-blowing uh because horror is usually something like people are in the industry for a while before they have a hit uh it's it's not usually the type of thing where it is you know like a dawn of the dead situation where they just kind of they you know even, like, Kubrick, you know, like, I, I think it took Kubrick a while to actually have some, like, horror films out and about, and he was a name, but horror films that are giant, critical successes typically don't happen that early in your career because it's something specific. Not, like, not everyone can make horror, you know? Like, we've we talked several times in this podcast, like, where we've had situations of, like, people jumping in to do this genre, and they're just, like, not, not equipped for it. Uh Like, you remember, like, not specifically, like, with horror, but... With some of like how we talked about like with Predator Two, how it was a director kind of like out of his element. Yeah, uh, like that happens a lot where people jump into this cat this, this category. And that's of not film even necessarily a criticism happen. because he admitted that in a later interview years later. Oh yeah yeah yeah. We, we talked about like <laughs> he had some questionable decisions, but he shouldn't have been in position to make those decisions. So it's not his fault. Uh, yeah. So just to see them hit the ground fucking running is is wild. It's
1: stuff. it's interesting because horror kind of ironically enough is a trope in itself almost because a lot of people a lot of actors a lot of directors cinematographers whatever get their start in horror because legendarily most horror movies are cookie cutter uh easy cheap to make movies and because people will watch them because Those same people that watch them are starved for good horror, but they're not getting served good horror. They're just getting served whatever they can get served. So you get a bunch of like nondescript slashers or whatever that sometimes, I mean, you go back and watch Friday the 13th. And I'm not following, I'm not putting Friday the 13th in that category. I'm just the thing that jumped out at me as I was talking. Do you go back and watch that movie and think, this Johnny Depp has a career ahead of him? (laughs) <laughs> you know, but like it launched him. That was his first movie, you know, like it horror launches. Oh, uh, Nightmare Before Elm Street. Was Ma- the first. What did yeah, I with, say?
0: With Johnny, uh, I think you said Friday the 13th. Ah, God uh, damn it, was, it. it was it was it was Freddy that had. Well, the, it's the a good thing. Movie.
1: No one listens because someone would have wrote in about that. <laughs> um, I'm half asleep and fucking loopy. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah we, yeah. we are. We apologize <laughs> in advance for any like totally spaced out brain moments from me and Ron, because we're recording this pretty late like, and we're old. So and I've us. had a weird week.
1: um yeah. So yeah, it, um yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street is what I wanted to say, but like, uh you know, there is a, a lot of people that get their start in horror, but not, nec- that not necessarily good horror. Usually it's this movie is bad, but this director was good. Let's sign that director or this movie was bad, but that, Actor was good. Let's sign that actor. Robert Eggers just jumping in with a movie like this, as different and out of left field as it is, restrained. The amount of restraint in this movie and, ironically enough, The Lighthouse, right? like Mm -hmm. That is a weird way to describe The Lighthouse, but if you think about that movie, the way it slowly doles out the insanity... And the way it slowly ratchets up rather than just jumping in. Um, and then I mean, I don't know if it's too much to say discovering Anya Taylor Joy, but like launching her because she was inescapable for a hot minute. And the only thing
0: I've ever really seen her in was uh the Northman. Mm-hmm. Um so I She's haven't, she's only in that because she's friends with Eggers, you know. Like right. That. It's she was never going to be able to like really shine in that because there's just not much for her to do. It's not about sh- her. She is uh, she's outstanding in The Witch. She's so good. So,
1: what I was, yeah, what I was going to say is like, I've never, I've never seen, hadn't had never an opportunity to see her act, right? Like, she's great in The Northman, but the movie's not about her. You don't get very much of her. She's a side character um so i mean i guess that would be supporting character in movies not video games uh but you know if i ever find a reason to have netflix i might go check out the chest thing because i'm oh, kind yeah. of i'm kind of on the anya taylor joy bandwagon now
0: that that show is fantastic God, i yeah i don't have really netflix so it's really fucking good i've uh, never well, seen the, it well, the, they're they're making it very very hard to justify having Netflix cuz I think the most recent price increase jumped it to like 22.99 if you want the 4K package, which is absurd. Um, for fucking Netflix.
1: Yeah, I've never had uh, their 4K package cuz it was always overpriced.
0: Yeah, it's it's bonkers. But so her first movie performance is this when she's not even able to deliver normal dialogue. That's Ugh. insane. I can't imagine like being in their shoes and reading this stuff on the page and trying to even figure out like how to form sentences with it because it's so obtuse. Well, uh, and it's so period accurate that it's like it's like it becomes a thing too. So uh, I was curious if you like have a similar reaction to watching this movie, but it's almost like Shakespearean in in the way that like you're watching the movie just like you're reading like a Shakespeare thing, and at first your brain can't really like comprehend it, and you're I turned kinda, like, on taking subtitles. It back. Yeah, me me too, uh, but once you once you watch it <laughs> English, for a bit, please. English Why do you keep you, telling me you're in English? But it's like once you watch it for a little while, you like get on the same page with it, and you're yeah. a, in like a rhythm with the type of dialogue, and it just fucking works. You,
1: you kind of recalibrate.
0: Yeah, it's like when you're watching a movie in a different language and subtitles, and at first, you know, uh, like when we talked about um, Memories of Murder, I forgot I was reading the subtitles after a while, I was just invested in the story. And that's kind of like with this, With me, uh, I just kind of fall into a rhythm with the movie because the performances are so good. And because it's, it's a fucking 90 minute movie, like not a single second is wasted with it. So it's so captivating Uh, for, for a directorial debut for an acting debut. Uh, it's crazy, crazy good stuff happening here.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's nuts. The thing that blew me away about the dialogue. Anya Taylor Joy, great. Ralph Ennison, of course. Kate Dickey, fine. The fucking children are selling this dialogue like this is just the natural way everybody fucking talks.
0: Yeah. Like uh- how? it's crazy. Does, Especially that How do you make the, that the, dialogue
1: th- sound natural? And how do you find a handful of children that can do
0: that as well? Well, I'm convinced the two twins are actually dolls that were brought to life by like a, <laughs> a like a, a ritual. Uh those kids do not exist. The ritual? Those, ki- the, those ki- no, no the, the, <laughs> that, that's that's too too like uh, too lighthearted for these <laughs> these these twin dolls who are the, sc- the scariest thing in the movie to me. Is having to live with these two kids, <laughs> not the witch in the woods or the fucking devil that's watching them. Uh, those kids are creepy as fuck. They, you can tell they specifically like looked at a giant page of like, uh, like headshots of little kids. Like, who is the creepiest little fuckers we can find? And they fucking succeeded because <laughs> they are so unnerving and so creepy. But yeah, they're they're great. Uh, let's let's uh, you you'd mentioned on your Taylor Joy. And Innocent and Kate Dickey. Uh, So the actors. So uh, also the kid playing Caleb is fantastic in this as well.
1: I really liked him. He's great. Everybody really liked him. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah, he is
1: fantastic. And I was really sad. (laughs) Spoilers for the witch, by the
0: way. Yeah, yeah, that dude, his final scene. Uh, Oh, God. It's so good. So fucking incredible in that scene i it he is literally pervey like portraying like this out of body religious experience and at the same time i I love the the level to which uh it's to which it's ambiguous as far as like when you're watching the kids, is it like the witch or the devil fucking with the main characters? Is it actually the kids reacting to these supernatural elements and they think they've come face to face, you know like with with God and everything you don't know. And I like that kind of like, ambiguity with it, but man, uh, the, so the kid playing Caleb is Harvey scrimshaw. He is, unfortunately I looked him up, not acted in many things since then, which is a fucking shame because he's crazy talented. He, has, I, I, he needs to be more <laughs> in more, in more stuff.
1: He's crazy talented. needs to be in more stuff. And he has not been in a whole lot of stuff. Like you said, but did you look at what he's been in? I'm starting uh, to what? see, I'm starting to see a theme. I don't, <laughs> oh I, yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed that too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, um, adult life skills, whatever. But then the devil outside, the school for good and evil, and without sin. And I'm like, no, Caleb, <laughs> no, don't do it, don't do it, Harvey, don't I get typecasted
0: because of this. Don't do it. I also love how the two twins uh, are played by Ellie Granger and Lucas Dawson as Mercy and Jonas, respectively. And their IMDb photos are not actually any photos at all because they're animatronic dolls brought to life. (laughs) (laughs) Another cool thing. Uh, so the witch in her like older form is played by an actress named, uh, Bathsheba Garnett, who was born in 1925. Oh my God. That is awesome. Like the fact that she is, I'm pretty sure Bathsheba is an old one, Jeff. (laughs) I'm
1: pretty sure.
0: You know what? Bathsheba Garnett could withstand a Kristen Stewart nuke at the bottom of the ocean. I'm just saying.
1: I She's I feel a, I feel like it's either that or Beth Garnett is like, you know, uh, I, for Christmas I I got my wife the newest Beth Garnett bracelet. You know, like it, <laughs> I I can't tell. I can't decide with this name. This name yeah. is too
0: good. Beth Sheba. That, that's go a Bloodborne play, NPC. That's a fucking say, Bloodborne character right there.
1: I was gonna say I'm gonna go play Bloodborne right now, and Beth Sheba is going to be my character name forever.
0: But man, she's great. Yes, she's she is. She's so creepy. Like they barely have her do anything, but she's so creepy, and she most of the time is just standing there. And her it's costume cre- design
1: is spot on.
0: Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> you'll have a fucking religious experience <laughs> watching some <laughs> of her costume, man. <laughs> oh man yeah yeah so yeah. i i got i gotta talk more about how i i love the music in this movie so they specifically talked about how the uh so eggers had instructed the composer let me just pull up their name so i have the official person credited this i i hate imdb man why can't we just keep this like shit simple like it used to be all right, music by Mark Corvin. Okay, so he's so Eggers had instructed him specifically to not have any type of electronic music whatsoever. So that's why you get these kind of like weird, random like violin and string right. instruments and everything. And he also was, uh, I read uh, where he was basically making all of the music that you hear in the film uh, randomly and improvising a lot of it. And the way that it's placed throughout the movie was all chosen by Eggers. So oh, wow. Eggers was actually seeking up certain aspects of his tracks with like certain scenes, and a lot of the time it's just like I, I I love the trick. I think we talked about it actually in the Ritual, which you had referenced earlier. But when the shot just lingers on the woods, and uh, oh, we also talked about, talked about it in Prey, where the shot w- will just linger on the yeah. woods and nothing is happening, but your brain. We'll just like fixate on it uh even though nothing is happening and it's just like really creepy visual and the music works so well with that actually there
1: it. is a large portion of this that feels like prey
0: borrowed from right i yeah i can see that uh when, when they're when they're like walking through the woods alone a yes. lot of that is i think homaged and prey um
1: i was looking at the cinematographer uh you know when you find someone you like uh, he's known for the lighthouse, the northman, and the witch. <laughs> Think of the visual
0: elements in like this versus the lighthouse. So different. They're so different, but they're each genius in their own right. Like, this dude, is It's like, a different minimalism. aspect
1: ratio. It's black and white. Like, yeah, the, the lighting. Yeah. Um, also, he is the director of photography on Nosferatu. I'm so fucking excited for
0: that movie, dude. Oh my God, <laughs> Get
1: it to me now. Is I that- need
0: it. Yeah, that's that's Robert Eggers' next one, right? Yeah, it's in post production and it's supposed to come out next year, and I could not be more fucking stoked for it, Dan. I'm so excited. It's got a hell of a cast in it too. Yeah, it really, um, I think Innocent is back in it, uh, grouping up with his boy again. So I, uh-huh. I love that he works with you know, like his core group of actors a lot. Yeah, he's in
1: it. I just found. It. Oh, and Willem Dafoe got it, it's so. It's God, that fucking movie! Nosfer-
0: it's a Nosferatu movie with Willem Dafoe and Innocent in it, man like we're we're, we're going to be their opening day. <laughs> uh it's going to be great.
1: Can can I throw a shout out out? Um one issue I have with period pieces a lot is costume design. There's there's I obviously I can't think of any off the top of my head because that's just the way the human brain works, but there's even some like really good period piece movies that look like they're a, a high school drama because of the costume design it looks like they just mm-hmm. went down to goodwill very um, clean
0: but not in this it's very clean but
1: like i don't know it always stands out to me like my cousin venny when he's in the red like felt suit <laughs> right like that's how the costume design always stands out to me in period piece movies and linda and i am gonna butcher this muir m-u-i-r I that, I think that, I think that may be right pretty close uh the northman the witch and the lighthouse um (laughs) there you go but uh yeah um very very good costume design very lived in it looks like something people
0: would actually have worn yeah Uh, she she apparently consulted 35 books in the clothes of the common people in elizabethan and early Stuart england series uh to to plan the costumes Uh, they were made with wool linen and hemp God that's uh, them so authentic. uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, uh these actors went through hell to make this uh, see, also think... this whole movie was shot in 5 weeks. Oh god.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but see that that's that's where I think the difference is because you can tell a lot of times that like this this pilgrim in front of you is wearing polyester. <laughs> like, you know, it's not cotton and wool. Like I I don't know. The the costume design that uh, Linda Muir is doing is very spot on. Yeah, we, we didn't, also we didn't call um, it out in like Lord of the Rings or anything because it's fucking armor. Like armor always looks fucking good in that kind of setting. Th- this kind of setting where here's your really uncomfortable undergarment, your really uncomfortable shirt, and your fucking awful hat. Like go wear this and go chop some wood or <laughs> work the
0: fields. And we also have to talk about the greatest performance in the film, uh, Charlie, who is Black Phillip. <laughs> <laughs> so have you heard any of the behind the scenes stuff with Black Phillip? Because this will add even more like gravitas to how fucking amazing Innocence performance is in this. Have you heard any of this behind the scenes stuff with the, with the goat? No. On the, let's see, which day of filming was it? Oh, man. On the fourth day of filming, Charlie the Goat... On the fourth day of filming. (laughs) On the fourth day, Charlie the Goat rammed his serrated horns into Ralph Innocent's ribs, dislodging a tendon. Uh, Ugh! He spent the the rest of the five-week shoot on fucking painkillers, man. So, like, when he is, like, visibly, like, visibly, like, anguished... Part of that was probably real because the dude it's was fucking in, like, in misery because the goddamn goat. So, so the goat really did try to kill him. Yeah, uh, I also love uh, some of the stories about the fucking goat are just like like priceless. So, uh, pretty much, <laughs> I, I love to uh, just like recall some of the quotes from Eggers. So he said, a a trainer showed us some pictures and we chose the goat who looked the black (laughs) 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 Philippius. This was apparently uh, a goat who had like unnaturally giant horns uh, and they wanted that to just kind of like add to like how fucking terrifying and stupid looking the goat is. This goat Uh, is everything. Like it's even the poster for the movie. It's awesome. I, I love the goat. Uh, so so apparently the goat was always doing the opposite of what they wanted him to do. Uh, if we wanted him to be doing something violent, he wanted to go to sleep. If he was supposed to be standing still, he was running around like a madman, Eggers recalls. He credits uh, Ford, the film's editor, with piecing together whatever usable footage they had into the acclaimed performance. Uh, the editing of so this movie is really good. It's, it's great. So as we talked about how like Ralph Inneson lost uh, weight to play the role because they're supposed to look like malnourished and everything. So he dropped thirty pounds for the role, making him weigh fifty pounds less than the fucking goat. So oh my he god. could not—he could not properly wrangle the goat because Charlie was a fucking madman. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, he said uh, I didn't have a lot of gas in the tank. Really, uh, this was innocent talking about sparring with the beast, who weighed about fifty pounds more than him. Uh, and he, uh, this is—this is, by the way—a a Hollywood Reporter article by uh, Seth Abram. Abr- Abramovich that's a fucking bloodborne name for you that sounds like <laughs> like a character name in the witch man <laughs> so, uh, this is from the, this is from them uh but they had to make a puppet half the size of the goat uh and they ended up going through like a couple different like uh incarnations of this goat uh puppets that Eggers never really like fully liked but he was adamant they never use cgi with him because he did not want cgi with the goat at all right so yeah uh Eggers and Innocent like fucking hate the goat Uh, and the last uh, quote uh so this was uh Innocent talking about how like the goat became almost like the meme of the movie in the public eye you know yeah and he said it's wonderful that his fantastic performance is bringing notoriety to the film but there's a little part of me that's like seriously that fucker
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's funny this movie because the two the two mantras of Hollywood don't work with animals and don't
0: work with kids and that's his first movie.
1: And his first movie, he did. And both. they're doing it.
0: And they're doing it in like period accurate dialogue from 1620. Oh my what it, god! This is this is madness, man. Like, <laughs> what? Like, I, I, I can't believe this. Like, At movie the farm exists. of madness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's just it's just fucking nuts, dude. Like, I just reading about like some of like, and you know, just like like you said earlier, just. Try to do all the shit while wearing those costumes when they were made of, like, accurate material. You know, like, fucking itchy they had to have been the entire time? And hot. So hot. Yeah. So hot, dude. dude. So hot, bro. Almost as hot as Innocent just, like, chopping the wood out of the shirt off the whole time. (laughs) It's like, yeah.
1: Oh, man. So, dude. One thing I love about this movie, and this is a theme for you and I, um, Take it however you like it. I think it leans one way more than the other, but you could look at it from either way. But I see this movie as a fucking origin story and the witch is referring to Anya Taylor-Joy at the end Agreed. of the movie. I agree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, That is uh, it, it, it nuts. works. It works perfectly as like a double entendre for the both, but yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think you're focusing on like the origin story of her.
1: I I put it together. Once she was kind of locked in the goat pen, I was like, well, at this fucking point, she's got nothing left. Like she might as well just become a witch, right? Like actually do it. And then once Innocent gets gored,
0: I was like, uh oh. Oh, that's where we're going. Dude, dude, the way he gets stabbed by the goat, too, like happens out of nowhere. Uh it, it it's it's brutal. He he gets stabbed like like in the ribs like he, he dies basically by being like gorted it like he said but it's it's brutal to watch and then and he doesn't die in the first blow he like yeah. tries to pick up the axe to fight back and and then because yeah. religion he didn't and, and then also when he dies he the all of the chopped wood falling on him yeah. like everything everything crumbling around him that he had tried to build is like I, I lot li- oh, also too so I fucking love that the goat is just actually the devil. Yeah. Because what what a, what would happen 99 times out of 100 with this type of movie, especially in horror and especially in like, I would say like elevated horror, you know, like not low tier kind of like slasher style stuff. Like this is trying to be like legitimate film, you know, right. trying to be a legitimately great movie, not a, you know, cheeky horror movie. What would happen is the goat would be there and the kind of, like, film analysis, like, 101 crowd would be like, so you see, the the, the evil goat is actually just, like, the allegory of, you know, of Satan's will over people. It, it, it's not an allegory. He takes the allegory well, out of it. It's the fucking devil, dude. It, it's real. What I it would be that.
1: is an examination of religion, is what it would be. Mm-hmm. But, like...
0: And it is It is that. You, it, can, you can evaluate it, but it's it, also legitimately a real supernatural element at play right uh, which is awesome and uh i i I love i because you there's a point in the movie where you think it's just going to end and it's going to be ambiguous and then it just kind of continues and the fact that it just fucking happens it's i i I love the last like 20 minutes of the movie it also reminds me of the last like 20 minutes of hereditary when shit really hits the fan yeah and it's like just becomes even like they find a way to like Make it even more riveting than it already was, which is always like crazy when you can, because like this movie's paced really well. Like we talked about, like is is there a wasted scene? I don't think so. I, it's very very lean. Yeah,
1: the um, I already mentioned it, so I'm just gonna go ahead and do it again. The one of the most bloodborne things I've seen in a movie <laughs> is the witches at the end around the bonfire really invokes. Uh, the fucking charnel house, charnel lane, or whatever. The witches, yeah, yeah, the witches of Hinwick. yeah, the witches of Hinwick stuff. The but the ladies out front with like the spears and like the butcher knives and stuff, just kind of dancing and laughing and walking around in circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, then there's always that one, the fucking Molotov cocktail and the giant hammer that smashes you from behind. Fuck that bitch, yeah. but yeah, it, uh, man,
0: uh. This movie. It, how <laughs> how cool is it towards the end when the voice happens? Dude. Off screen. How cool is the sound design on that voice, by the way? You can feel it, like, raise your fucking... Like, it, it, dude. It sounds like it's inside your head. It's so good. Like, you have a physical reaction. I, I think what they did is they, like, really cranked up the, like, the, the high notes to where it's, like, so quiet but so like sibilant that you like feel it on your uh, you get like fucking goosebumps listening to it you have like a physical reaction to it and there is such a cool shot where uh black philip is walking around her and in the span of like a like a millisecond he has like one like a like goat hoof and then it the other leg just becomes like a boot and he in a in a split second transforms into being a human yeah it's such a cool shot uh and he's always, like, very, very enveloped in shadow. And just that... The, the fucking dialogue they give him is so cool. Like, wouldst thou like to live deliciously? That's such a good such line.
1: Such a good line. That's
0: such a fucking great line. And the thing is, it's like... It's a really tragic story because, like, she didn't do anything wrong. She's, like, super innocent. But yeah. what drives her to become a witch is all of her uh, all of her family except for her brother her brother never turned on her every fucking other person turns on her because they just she's the easy person to blame and they're all so like malnourished and so fractured psychologically that they they just you know they they f- they kind of like succumb to their worst instincts and go after her it is it's really it's like like i think that's one of the things that like makes his horror movies so good between this and the lighthouse is like the lighthouse very easily in the hands of like a worse writer and director would focus on the Lovecraftian stuff and like the horror elements. But this is all about like starting family first, you know, like it's, it's, it's a character drama with like supernatural elements instead of the other way around. Uh, and you get, you get really invested in the characters. Like by the end of the lighthouse, you feel like you're one of the guys, you know, you feel like you've been hanging out with (laughs) these two guys and talking about lobster. I I, I know. I know you like me lobster. I know you like (laughs) me lobster, Jeff. I've seen it. You love me, lobster. Like the same dude who wrote and directed the fucking fart scenes in the lighthouse <laughs> and made this movie. Like take that in for a fucking second. <laughs> the man who turned Willem Dafoe loose. Man. Oh god. Uh, yeah. This movie's fuck. I I I could talk like all day just about like the minimalism of this. Is is like so cool. You never really see the witch do anything. Yeah. She's just always there, but she's so creepy. Uh she, also she
1: is she is more of an environmental force. Like she's just kind of the shadow hanging over everything because you know she's there, but this family does not. And you're just kind of witnessing it's almost elemental. It's almost a force of nature witnessing the family respond to
0: it, but never actually seeing her what's also interesting too is i i think the first like 10 minutes of the movie is so good about establishing like the level to which the film the movie you're about to watch is going to be bleak as fuck because i think what would happen in like most instances if someone else was like trying to like to write the same type of story is when the baby goes missing you would let the movie like, and, and its story linger longer on the possibility of rescuing the baby. Right. But you know, within 30 seconds, the baby's gone. So that adds like such a level of bleakness and like dramatic irony to the characters because like the entire time, like the mother still wants to, she can't bring herself to accept the fact that the baby's dead. You know, that, that is like a lingering thing with her character but as the audience you know they never had a chance at saving the baby because the baby's gone you know at first like the like the second scene of the baby is the baby being killed by the witch for like the ritual she's doing and that love that that leads just like this fucking like oppressive atmosphere in the movie but it never feels like uh like like it's so dour that you can't watch it i i find it captivating uh how like much you get sucked into how fucked up the situation as with this poor family man like jesus
1: the uh the religious um the what's the word I'm looking for the 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 evaluation or whatever of their religious views where that comes into play is in how they react to grief like yeah uh, they the way that they, the way that they process everything, it has more to do with how that shapes their focus more than religious being the downfall or the folly or you know like whatever. It it's more of a, uh, it's more of just a lens that they are reacting to the environment too. Uh, the really sad thing that the movie subtly highlights but doesn't put in your face because the movie focuses on on Anna Taylor-Joy so much. But Ralph Innocent's character is the most level-headed one for the longest time. And he is trying his damnedest to be good Christian and a good father and a good husband. (laughs) Like, like his is almost the most tragic one because he's trying so hard to be the best of everything
0: that is expected of him. And he finally breaks at the end. What's also like, I think like a really cool like direction that he took with, with the character of the dad, how many times in these types of stories is it like, uh, is it, is it taking the shining approach of like, it's the dad who's going to be the one to go crazy. And he is the one who's actively turning on his family. The dad absolutely loves all of his children. To the extent to where, like, when the sun is missing, he's going out in the fucking like pouring rain in the middle of the night with with like no gun, no horse, no like hunting dog, no anything because like, he just wants to save his children. Like he is, he's a good dad. When it comes to like like loving his children, it's just his decision making. Like he t- he talks about before he dies is like his it's his pride and he's like too devout for his own good and that's what got them all like kicked out of the village in the first place was he didn't see eye to eye with the way they were practicing their religions so he pretty much got them all killed it wasn't intentional but he was like too prideful for his own good and that led to like a just terrible situation for his family
1: yeah like he's real right like it's not a put-on he really is trying to be a good father, like he he's he recognizes how in her grief what the mother is doing to Anya Taylor Joy. He he recognizes that the position he himself has put her in, right? And that all gets thrown in his face later because he was like too proud to cop up to it fast enough. But like he is really the character you see him as. He's trying to be the best of everything he can, and the things that he says and the actions that he takes up until the end when he's confronted with something that cannot be explained when he's confronted with the supernatural, it all makes sense, right? Like there is a point where you do have to stop looking at, uh, looking for the baby because it would already be dead if it's not already at this point, And you're all going to die. If you don't find food, like everybody is going to be lost. Like yeah. I, the, the argument for religious freedom, like, is that not why we came to this land? But, like, there he sees the uh, people are kicking him out of the plantation as the same as, uh, you know, England, the government in England, because religious uh, persecution and religious freedom. And
0: he's it's not like, like being, new boss, same as the old boss type of thing. Yeah.
1: He's not yeah. being allowed to practice the way he wants. So, like, he's very real and very true to who he is. Like, it, it, there's no. I don't want to say there's no hidden depth because that makes his character socket's like it's not complex, but like what you see is what you get with him. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a, it's not a put on. It's not like he has all this shit uh, buried that comes to light later or is twisted by the witch or the forces at play. Like he's very real to the end all the way up till he dies. It, it's a really interesting take on what you called out rightly so as a trope in horror because there is no trope there
0: is no trick with the dad he it's is, like the, like the amityville horror like yeah trope. that's that's been used like so many times uh, the dad went crazy the dad turned into a psycho killer and then that's it you know yeah there's so much more depth to him and it's, it's a it's a great he's a such a great character uh he, he's, the, is he's the
1: grounding force in the movie
0: exactly and how heartbreaking is it when he's talking about like his future plans for what he wanted to do with like their barn and yeah. you know, bringing in the cow and you know like and the, when he ends up burying the kid at the, the like the bottom of the uh the tree that he had yeah. talked about like how beautiful was this tree when we first arrived it's like man is it fucking heartbreaking like this poor family man like they're not they, they do some shitty things and they go crazy but you understand fucking why like the amount of like the grief they've been like uh you Subject know like just to. forced through is
1: like they didn't even really crazy. do
0: anything wrong
1: right like Mm-mm. agree or disagree with them or their religious views or or whatever that's not what the movie is about this is still a thing that is happening to these people and the funny thing is in this situation again another horror trope uh they're not wrong jeff <laughs> they're not wrong about what is happening and what the source of what is happening is and you know, you could take it the other way. Is this God's plan? Is this God punishing them for their vanity? Like, I don't know. The devil is real. God must be real, right? We don't know that, but you could take it that way. And their prayers going unanswered and the way the land just kind of died around them uh, when they moved here to settle down. Like I don't know, you you could you could debate it all day. That that part of the movie is open ended, but it's interesting to think about that. Uh, this shit is happening. It is real, and they're just as helpless as you or I would be, religious beliefs or no. <laughs>
0: how great is it as far as how he sets uh, the tone for this movie, that this movie is so focused on religion, but never comes across as preachy. Like exactly. Yeah. You it's abso- incredible. You could absolutely do the same type of movie with under these circumstances and with these like plot elements at play and make your movie like insufferable yeah. with its, with, with it's like what it's trying to like uh, convey as far as like any type of moral, but uh Man, like, it's, like it's, what's fucked up? These people, these people are going through so much grief. That alone would be enough to, like, you know, like, make them break psychologically. But when you add on the fact how malnourished they are, like, dude, when they're sitting around that dinner table and, like, all that they're passing around is, like, chunks of what looks to be kind of, like... Peter? Basically, uh, it, it looks like when, they, when one of the twins is, like, tearing it apart, it, it looks like fucking, like, torn apart cardboard it's brutal like they have no food they have no hope they like their their baby has just died and then like the dad is just trying to like kind of keep everyone together but he's also clearly bothered by it and just like devastated but he he can't he can't have the time of day to grieve because he he has to save the rest of the family he he doesn't have time to focus on that at all like he tells the son uh you know like we have to go and keep on like moving forward and we we can't focus on what happened you know seven days ago we don't have time
1: it's also interesting how the religious aspect and how everybody has their their duty to the farm and family and stuff isolates them so much they're all suffering the same grief but no one even really talks to each other about it. They all just are kind of left to suffer it in their own way, because that's just kind of what their culture allows. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. It's really, really heartbreaking and uh, kind of terrifying
0: to be honest. Yeah, yeah um, it's, it, it's It is a hell of a movie and i i forget just how good it is this is like the third or fourth time i watch it and i forget like just how good it is until i sit down to watch it and boy does this movie fucking fly by uh it's it's a brisk 92 minute movie and the performances are so fucking good and uh the cinematography is so it's like everything is just gelling so well together and i think the performance is like really really bring it all together uh it's to me like one of the better horror movies the past like 20 years uh up there with like hereditary and stuff Uh, i
1: think uh i've been thinking about what you said about how it doesn't come across very preachy and i it comes across uh as not preachy at all to the point that i didn't even notice it when i watched it and i think it's because in a way when it comes to the religious aspect, would you agree it's treated almost like a documentary, in that way, the way it's filmed and the way they talk about religion in this?
0: Yeah, it's like like a like a like a passive spectator. It's not yeah. really like diving into like the nitty gritty right and wrong like moral aspects of their religion. It is just it's just a fact. It's just a fact for these people, and, and it makes sense because it would be just a fact for these people. They don't second guess it because that's the, that's life for them. Yeah, they, it's literally like their that, religion. <laughs> it's it's literally the reason they're here in this fucking country, uh. You know that that's it's the driving force of their way of of, of living. You know, yeah. Um, it's I I think like the subtlety to which this movie has depth is amazing because there you're you're playing with like, a lot of like hot ammunition with like the amount of religion at play, but not really at play and. I, I think it's just like expertly done. Uh, I it, it's just like so well constructed it's hard to talk about because it's just on the fucking screen, you know, like you, you can talk about it all day, but it's just on the fucking screen. yeah, so good. Um,
1: I made a joke to you about how I was gonna pull open up what I called my quote unquote notes. I know I've watched a good movie when my notes are just a blank page in front of me didn't have time you just you like focused on it yeah. the only notes that I have written down are in my like uh like precursor to the episode section that just says Ralph venison for father Gascoin. Ralph Enison as Kratos uh and that's it that's my notes um because I just I I can't I just can't be bothered to look away from the screen. When it's that riveting to write something down yeah. about a goddamn pilgrim family trying to settle at the goddamn John Marston, um, which has a similar ending, by
0: the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we we talked a lot about like innocent, but Kate Dickey, her descent and and now like granted, it's unfortunate she be, she kind of became typecasted after game of thrones because she was just so fucking good in that type of character to be like, the is that what
1: I'm thinking of? I have a mental is,
0: image of her and something, but I cannot is, recall what it is. She is the mother of oh. Robin in game of thrones. Yes, with the Yes. That's yeah, this, right. She is that character, but she's so fucking good at being psychotic that I, I, I understand like why she keeps seeing that character. Like I, I, I was scrolling through the IMDB photos when I brought her up, but how good is her scene when she is being like confronted by the devil? That yes. that scene when it ends with her just like like laughing maniacally with the crow, as it's pecking at her, uh, it is bone chilling, dude. It's one of the creepiest scenes of the movie to me. Like she's great. They're all <laughs> fucking great, dude. Even the fucking <laughs> even the goddamn doll twins, man. Even the, you, like, even the even crow. Even the crow was great. Give them best supporting, was amazing. Give, uh, give the goat and the crow best supporting actor nominations. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my I, th- God. I think with that I've kind of touched everything. I like, you know, it is a good movie when you and I run out of shit to talk about because it's just fucking perfection. You know, like, I, I what am I supposed to critique about the witch? It's just fucking great. I, I can I can tell you, in fact, what you can critique about the witch because
1: on movies that are this solid, I like to go to the goof section of IMDb <laughs> because when there's nothing to complain about, I like to see what people will come up with. Um, this is not something you and I have done often on this show, but, uh, you know, some of them are legitimate, some, uh, in some movies and in some movies are just goddamn ridiculous in the best way or the worst way. But occasionally you come across a witch and the movie is so good. I literally had no notes. Does <laughs> it have problems? I don't know. Maybe I didn't see them. I was too busy watching the movie, but what you get <laughs> And shit like this in the goof section is goddamn hilarious, Jeff. People just trying to find something to nitpick. Uh, here's, here's something for you. This is considered a continuity error. In a scene where Mercy is fighting Thomason, oh, this is the wrong one, but I'll read it anyway, her bonnet comes loose from her head. However, in the next shot, the bonnet is pinned back. But that's not the one I wanted to read. The one I meant to read was... When Thomason is milking the goat in the barn, there are several quick cuts between her and Mercy. Each time we cut to Thomason, her goat is positioned at slightly different angles.
0: I love that that one got fucking smacked with a dislike hammer and has 84 <laughs> dislikes to 31 helpfuls. Like, go fuck yourself, man. Did you did you know, Jeff, that animals tend to move? Did you know? no did you I don't think so i don't think that's a scientific fact I, th- I think you're reaching there man i don't know i mean it's it's a movie set what are they gonna do use a real goat we all know it's a stuffed goat but they keep moving the goat i i like uh ryan johnson actually had like a like a quote about, <laughs> oh, no, the, no. Verisimil- the, about the verisimilitude of movies and i and i forget like his exact quote but he's talking about this too where it's just like the people out there that are like cinema sensing shit it's like if do you, you what you're asking for is something you don't want. so you you want to watch the person walk down the hallway in real time, that's what you want. Yeah, I think, I think that might have been the example, like something like like that, where it's just like that movies movies have a verisimilitude for a reason because yeah, if you, if everything happens in like real time or to the exact level of detail that you want the movie can't be made because it would take them fucking five years to make what would usually take like six months to make it like as accurate as you want, but it's not necessary. And you're just fucking stupid for wanting it. I I, I don't get, I I think cinema sins is a travesty when it comes to like film analysis of the past 20 years. It's just fucking bullshit. I, uh, the movie is art. Like, are you, I, I don't understand. like, why? What what are you getting out of cinema sense? My my don't. argument
1: for that has always been Lord of the Rings. Well, people are like, Yeah, but they were gone for like five days a week tops. Like, no, you saw the highlights of the trip. Like, it took them months or years to to do that journey. But you only tuned in when there was something worth tuning into, right? Mm-hmm. When Gollum was attacking or whatever. Like just watching them walk, sun up to sundown and occasionally eat is what you're talking about. You want to
0: see months yeah, of. it's fucking stupid, dude. I I, I hate Cinema I'm surprised. I mean, I think this is the first time I talked about it. I fucking hate Cinema I think that is such a joke of a channel. We got through eighty six episodes before either one of us mentioned it. And really, just like, that. What 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 are people like gaining from watching it? It's not something that even can be put into like action in future movies because guess what? There's verisimilitude for a fucking reason. You you don't want what you think you want. You're just a fucking idiot and an asshole and wasting everyone's time. Well what, what like what educational benefit do you get for hopping onto fucking IMDb and taking time out of your day to say, hey the fucking goat moved. <laughs> like, do you realize how much of a fucking dumbass you are for doing that? Like get the fuck out of here man. I've got I've got I have a really good one here. I
1: have a really good question for you. Okay. Under the anachronisms. The nails holding the chicken house together have modern round heads. <laughs> Dude, 17th century cut die. nails would have rectangular heads. 145
0: people voted this helpful. All of them need to have a run-in <laughs> with a very very lovable goat named Black Philip. <laughs> and I hope that that turns out just the way that you want it to go. As she's imploring ba- Black Phillip, Daniel Malik to talk to her,
1: the audio is half a beat behind her mouth movements. Five people found helpful. <laughs> Five
0: people can fucking die in a fire, dude. This is... <laughs> <laughs> in the Black Phillip fire. Uh, this, is, this is the
1: mark of a solid movie. All people have to complain about is the shape of the heads on the nails and the goat move and the fucking
0: goat moved. Well, you know what? This could have been a timeless piece of art, but you know what? The goat fucking moved. Goat move. the goat moved, man. That's the new jumping. The shark is the goat. Move. <laughs> the goat moved. I give it, oh, I give it a goat and a half
1: because the goat moved.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. It's, it's, it's pages like this thing on IMDb right here that I'm looking at with these fucking continuity, <laughs> biggest fucking quotey fingers of all time errors that make me want to just fucking nuke <laughs> humanity from orbit because that's the only way to be sure. Just say it. One mistake oh in the dialogue
1: goodness. is the incorrect usage of the personal pronouns thou and you. During the 17th century, you was reserved <laughs> for formal situations and when one was addressing someone of higher status or rank. Thou on the other hand was used in personal informal settings and between peers and close relations similar to the French two versus vous. Throughout the film the characters use thou and you interchangeably. However a close-knit family such as theirs would not have likely addressed each other with the formal you. 167 people found this helpful. Go fuck, <laughs> Go fuck thyself. Go <laughs> my son oh god this is the shit I'm talking about if you when you watch a movie like this that is this solid
0: seriously go to this page it is fucking hysterical yeah it's really funny also I I wish I could recommend this movie now but the goat moved I I can't recommend it in good conscience man I can't you know what I have to reevaluate underwater because Cthulhu moved I just don't I just can't bro you're fucking right that's messed up he fucking moved fucking moved the movie was flawless (laughs) until
1: cthulhu fucking moved tj miller ripped his underpants man it was flawless until until (laughs) tj miller ripped his underpants
0: yeah oh man yeah uh yeah fuck i'm glad that you uh i'm glad i'm glad that you love this movie too
1: because i i'm glad glad that you brought it to the podcast because this movie's been on my list for a long time i've just never gotten around to watching it and uh, it forcing putting it on the podcast forced me to watch it and I've I've been looking forward to it. I just never got a chance to do it until five minutes before we recorded.
0: Oh also, what movie better screams Thanksgiving than a lot of people <laughs> sitting around the table Pilgrims? wanting to murder each other? A lot of people really wanting that was funny, it's like when I said in the watches all like, oh fuck, is this a Thanksgiving movie? <laughs> 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 oh man. It's it's uh you it's know, the the bleakest Thanksgiving, <laughs> <it's> a, uh, <laughs> you can possibly think of.
1: <laughs> well, the the day the witch attacked. Um, yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about it, and yeah, that's a that's a good way to do it. Because I was thinking about like, man, before I sat and I watched the movie, I was like, man, Jeff broke the streak. Predator two, nope. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Event Horizon. And Underwater, they're all horror, but they're also all sci-fi. Mm. We had a run of five sci-fi horror movies in a row. And I was just like, man, Jeff broke the streak. Like, yeah, it's horror, but it's a supernatural horror. But no, it, it fits right into the uh, the holidays. So what, what a way um, to celebrate Thanksgiving other than <laughs> asking people to sit down and watch a movie about religion and pilgrims and being thankful for having more than just pita bread to share with your children
0: i feel like i've had some thanksgivings worse than the situation that (laughs) happens in the ending of the witch i'm gonna be honest oh
1: yeah uncle Clyde just won't stop talking about anyone not white
0: it's like, would you would you rather have no food or very bad Thanksgiving food? Because I have I have had bad Thanksgiving food before, and I'd almost rather pick some of that fucking card bro- cardboard pita bread that they're eating in the middle of the movie. <laughs> oh man, yeah. And now now I'm just realizing like I have to go back and reevaluate Predator Two because the Predator moved. That's fucked the up. Predator the moved. Predator can't move. God damn it.
1: All these movies, we're gonna have to
0: go back through our catalog. Every everything is discredited because everything fucking moved. Jeff? And that oh, this will not stand. Jeff. Airplane? The airplane fucking moves, bro. Auto auto fucking moved, bro. Auto moved. Auto, auto shouldn't move. What the hell? <laughs> this Chris, podcast is descending into madness Chris, now Chris, like the ending of the Chris movie.
1: Chris O'Donnell and the three musketeers, he fucking moved.
0: Fucking moved. <laughs> yeah. Imagine we get that hashtag trending. Thou fucking moves. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Um, Yeah, I I think that's probably gonna be a wrap because like we said, like, no notes, literally no notes. Literally no notes other than what else I'd like Ralph Ennison to do. I also am happy that I I picked this up in a uh, combo thing on Apple with uh the lighthouse so i own oh. the lighthouse on apple now i kind of want to watch the lighthouse again now. <laughs> it would be a hell of a back-to-back that's for sure i don't know if i could survive that dude <laughs> I, knew, I know. <laughs> if the, i it, had a if i had a steak
1: bro. <laughs> if i had a steak i'd fuck
0: it if i if i had a turkey dinner i'd fuck it <laughs> <laughs> if i had a cardboard pita bread right now <laughs> all right uh uh, I'll do our sign-offs and then turn it over to Ron to do the next movie selection. So if you would have any questions that you would like discussed by Ron and myself, you can always email us at ScreenPlayRewind at gmail.com. Do you have a movie where a thing moved where it shouldn't have moved right in? I want to know all of them now. i got to have a database going. <laughs> did, uh, did the goat move? Screenplay rewind at gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, is your movie Black Phillip approved?
1: <laughs> oh, that's a new segment. If only one of us could do voices. Oh, that's perfect. Should we just bring in Bobby as Black Phillip, just have him record sound bites?
0: Bob Phillip. Bob Phillip. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Oh, Jesus. We are on Twitter. I can't. I, I don't know where to go. I, I have to have the goat as one of the pictures in the tweet for this. I just got to figure out which goat picture is going to be on the tweet. <laughs> That's going to be a fun <laughs> Google image search. <laughs> um, we are on Twitter at SPR Filmcast, where you can follow us for more show updates. Uh, any ratings or reviews on whichever platform you found us on is always helpful. Uh, if you caught us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you can figure out if on future movies did x y or z move and that's the win condition for the review
1: i conjure yeah. ye to ring that bell ring <laughs> <What's thou laughs>
0: ringest thy bell <laughs> what is
1: the ring a thy bell oh,
0: oh ring a ding ding Christ. motherfucker yeah uh share us out uh to your friends uh ha- watch White the Philip would yes he would (laughs) do you want to join a very very would you like to join a very joyous bonfire occasion in the woods yes or no (laughs) boy do we have a timeshare for you it is uh, outside 1620s new england it's beautiful landscape oh god ron what are we covering next time (laughs) (laughs) well jeff
1: uh, we've had a good run here. <laughs> now it's gone. And now
0: it's it is, here's where it comes to an end.
1: I, I am back to my bullshit. Um, I think it's time. I think I, I think I've been good. And I came up with this movie because a few minutes before I sat down to watch this one, I realized, oh shit, I need a movie <laughs> to <laughs> to say on the podcast. And uh, I've been actually thinking about this one recently. It's been 20 years since I watched it. I do not remember I I liked it then. <laughs> I oh, don't know. I don't know if I would like it now.
0: But That's almost like one of the most fun light like, movie exercises you can oh, do, though. It's like, is this movie that I watched 20 years ago actually good, or was I a fucking dumbass? Exactly. That's exactly what this is.
1: Have you, Jeff of SPR, seen the replacement killers? replacement
0: killers uh who's who's in it i i, I know the movie i just can't remember chow yun fat
1: mira sorvino michael rooker stop me if you know any of these you're gonna uh, proc now proc now proc now, proc now danny trejo uh
0: randall uh, duck kim i don't this was directed by fuqua what the fuck oh yeah yeah that uh, was yeah, yeah I, I i
1: What the fuqua, think what the fuqua is known for directing? <laughs> Uh, the Equalizer Trilogy with Denzel. Uh, training Day, right? Training Day. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Uh, Magnificent yeah. Seven. Magnificent Seven as I continue to scroll before Jeff can get to something else. Nope, that's it. That was just off the top of my head. I don't actually have him pulled up on the no. Nope, the, you pulled all the good ones. Um, uh, He was an executive producer on Emancipation.
0: There you go. But yeah, no. yeah. I don't think I've seen that, so I'm excited to check it out. Uh, I yeah, like, I like, I like Fukuoka. Oh, a lot. he directed Shooter. I like that
1: movie. That's a good movie. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was a good Tears movie. of the Sun. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. This movie, man, I remember having a lot of fun with this movie. It is dumb, fun, all borderline superhero action.
0: This and is like the definition of a, of a Ron selection. Yes. Like I said, I am back to my bullshit, baby. Oh, dude. Dude, dude, it's got Clifton Collins Jr. So they have the vegan police covered. So it's it's you get the replacement killers and co-starring the vegan police. So where can it go wrong, man? This movie is chock full
1: of. I know that guy. Like it's just it's got people left and right just coming at you. It's great. Uh, Also, have you ever seen Antoine Fuqua in
0: real life? Uh, I I'm looking at his IMDb right now. If you told me a director in real life was actually like secretly a contract killer and like a mercenary <laughs> it'd be Antoine Fuqua dude he looks like he will fucking kill you if you look at him right like, he looks fucking terrifying <laughs> and awesome <laughs> he, what he reminds me of is what Common is going to look like in another 20 years like you know what I love I love Mike Coulter I think Antoine Fuqua might have been like an amazing Luke Cage yeah? <laughs> in like another timeline Cause he looks like he will fucking murder you. <laughs> oh fuck! I forgot that there was another equalizer. Oh yeah, I equalizer. equalizer. I said trilogy. Damn it! I fucking forgot, dude.
1: I I you. I think a couple of weeks ago I texted you there was an equalizer two, and I said that because I saw a trailer for three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, oh we talked we talked about that on the show i think actually. Did we? <laughs> i think we did bro my fucking brain is gone uh,
1: ever since i signed black phillips
0: book i just can't remember anything <laughs> Wouldst thou like to live deliciously god i love that quote so much it well, just I makes me happy except
1: chow yon fat moved <laughs> yeah he moved he moved uh, by yeah by the way this would be chow yon fat's second appearance on this show, if you recall, what was the previous one? I dragon Ball Evolution. 80...
0: Oh, Master Roshi himself. Hell yeah, he—that's the one where he eats the fly or something, right? <laughs> something I don't know. I know
1: he summons. A, I know they summon a German Shepherd to bring him back to life at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I remember <laughs> the dragon moved, so you know it was <laughs> bullshit. The whole movie. Oh God. See, Jeff. In that era of Japan, the Dragon Balls would have been more orb-like and less crystal ball-like. So, that movie is horseshit.
0: Well, we that's not thats not news, though. We already knew <laughs> that the movie was horseshit. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of so, like it uh, for all the wrong reasons. Uh, uh,
1: I, I, Dude, I, Michael I, Rooker in this movie. Look up. Th- this
0: guy, replacement killer? More like lady killer. Am I right? I just also uh, found uh, he- he- that leather jacket. Oh, hell, look at that sick ass yeah. leather jacket and the goatee.
1: Look at that hair. He's got hair, man.
0: That yeah. shit's natural, bro. And this was before he was Mary Poppins, y'all. Like, this is, uh, this is yeah. crazy.
1: This is history. Danny Trejo without the mustache? I don't even know what to do with that. Well, where is that? Uh, that picture should not exist. <laughs> well, that's like a is paradox. That <laughs> I like how Cheyenne Fat's the only one that's in color. And live in 11 color. It's like Schindler's uh. List, <laughs> <laughs> but
0: oh fuck! But the red coat moved, so Schindler's List is bullshit. No, not 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 facts. I, I'm I'm gonna have to just dis- disagree with you on that one, bud. My my, my, my fucking brain just almost short circuited. We gotta go. <laughs> uh, yeah. This has been this has been a, this is a like. One of those episodes you and I record where we're both <laughs> just-, just we're both just loopy enough to have some good like analysis, and then it just all fucking descends into madness for the last forty five minutes. I no, think.
1: hang on, you can I cannot let you sign off without explaining this movie poster to me. Oh God, did you send it to me? I, uh, it's in the Discord.
0: Okay, pulling it up, waiting for Google. Wait, hard boiled. <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, so uh, a John Woo film, Hard Boiled, Chow Yun Fat. As a cop, he has brains, brawn, and an instinct to kill.
1: And it never once mentions the baby he's holding.
0: Well, you know what happened? He actually, this baby was about to be sacrificed by a witch for a ritual, <laughs> and he fucking shotgunned that he's, witch into next week. He's, so. he's
1: fucking commando with a shotgun in one hand grenades and shotgun shells all over him and just a baby under his arm and so nowhere, Chow- nowhere does it mention in this
0: poster why baby that why there baby? is baby well you see Ron, Chow Yun-Fat is the hero 1620's New England both <laughs> deserves and needs right now this, Okay, this poster's going on my Twitter <laughs> <In> this, movie, <laughs>
1: this poster dude this poster looks like it was
0: photoshopped in PowerPoint, which I have done in a <laughs> that, pinch. Also, the the reaction on the face of uh, the baby... That baby is just like, does not give a shit. That is like my reaction and review of Dragon Ball Evolution in a nutshell <laughs> is that baby's facial expression. That
1: baby gave a bigger shit in his diaper. <laughs> oh my God, that is beautiful. Anyways, yeah. uh, before I forget, The Replacement Killers is available
0: for rent at all the usual places. Sick. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it because I... I remember it coming out, but I don't think I ever saw it. I uh, this is I a, think this might be one of my da- I think this might be one my dad like really likes.
1: Yeah, this is one that me and my dad watched every time it was on TNT or whatever. Hell yeah. So yeah, uh, it's it's really good. Came out in 1998. I don't know that I've seen it since 2000. <laughs> I don't know. Is it a uh, was it
0: Fuqua's first movie or had he done other stuff prior to that? He, he may have done other stuff but i've already closed that unfortunately uh, I'll, I'll pull I'll pull it up uh let's see mr Fuqua.
1: <laughs> i love this hard boiled poster so much it's pretty great it's just out of nowhere
0: <laughs> oh god damn yes uh he directed a thousand music videos in the 90s like like half of his credits are music videos which is kind of crazy oh yeah i saw
1: one in there specifically uh Oh god, what was it?
0: I saw it and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, he directed the all-time classic known as Inside Out 4, whatever the hell that is. Uh, that was his first what appears to be like featured directorial debut. And then 10,000 more. I think this might be his first Yeah, this looks to be like his first like big budget movie. So, there you have it. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, it's uh it was a lot of fun. Uh and I I think uh, I think you're going to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, it uh it it also is like a uh a good palate cleanser for uh like our recent run of predominantly like horror, you know, just kind of like totally shifting gears and having like a 90s action flick like I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Replacement killers. Let's do it. All right. I I I love the fucking roller coaster ride that is this Podcasts of movie <laughs> selections because it's all over the goddamn place. Uh,
1: man. yeah, I, yeah, I, um, uh, we've done a good thing with this podcast, I think.
0: Others would disagree, but others would could, disagree, but yeah. I don't.
1: Because, I it's mean, it's a fun time. Where else do you get hard hitting, uh, hard hitting journalism, if you will? <laughs> like, on the, the, the rectangular Bar-
0: screws versus circular screws on
1: Barbie as the princess <laughs> and the popper. To the thing from another world, to Princess Bride,
0: to the witch, to, <laughs> to the, the witch. killers. like, it, we, yeah. we have hit every fucking like spectrum of film, which is pretty fun, so. and still going, eighty six episodes strong, and also whatever Wonder Woman two was, uh, 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 I don't know. A travesty, yeah, cinematic travesty. I think it's probably not a Black Phillip approved. <laughs> <laughs> he would gore it. He would totally gore it. Yeah, he would. Now he wouldn't view it as worth his time, so Blythe just wouldn't show up. It's
1: it's on Ralph Innocent's chopping his, block.
0: His re- <laughs> his his reaction to it would be that fucking random baby on the uh the, the hard boiled poster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, everybody, thanks for listening uh, again. I uh, hope you had a safe Thanksgiving, uh, regardless if you celebrate or not. You know, like hope you had a safe. Holiday where you at least got off work, you know, or or got time and a half, like Ron said. So, hope everyone had a great holiday and have a great night. Thanks for listening, and as always, uh, we're really appreciative of everyone that checks out our shows, uh, whichever platform you caught us on. We love you guys, and catch you next time.